Welcome to the Catches You podcast. Today's guest is Brandon Oliver, founder and owner of Catcher Coalition, which is a catching academy based out of Southern California. Thanks for coming on the show today, Brandon. How you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm doing all right. How you doing? Not bad, man. Uh, it's snowy and icy out here on the East Coast, so please don't tell me that it's 80 degrees and perfect weather out there on the West Coast because I might get a little jealous. Nah, man, it's cold out here. It's like 68. Oh, 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 oh. well, we'll make sure we get you a winter jacket out there. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, um, wanted to have you on today. Uh, you're a guy that we, you and I connected over COVID last year. Uh, started talking a lot about uh, just different ways to kind of teach the same stuff and different ways to think about um, things. And, and one thing that you and I talked to talked to each other about really early on was the um, the chain of the the shoulder to the hand and getting kids away from thinking hands first. And I and I think. That was something for me, even it was kind of a light bulb. It was like, we've been, I've been teaching that from the front side and I hadn't really thought about teaching it from the back side. So um, I remember our first phone call, I called you, we were talking about the J band drills uh, that you were doing. And um, you know, I've always, you know, since then you and I, we've, we've used each other's sounding boards and we've called each other. And, you know, there's something that I really, um, I've really been fascinated with when it comes to my coaching and my teaching. So kind of just wanted to, you know, kick this off with like, you know, what you mean by the chain and um, you know, kind of some of your, you know, little stuff like that. And we'll just keep diving in deep into, into everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's, everything's a progression and, and that's one of the things that um, I never figured out as a player, but as a coach um, it, it's pretty, pretty apparent that there's always going to be another step, whether it's a big right. step or a small step. But, you know, we, we kind of figured out early on that, you know, in order to, to be strong through the catch, strong through your movements, controlling your glove path and, and all the things that we were looking at at the time, like we really understood that the shoulder and the elbow were really important and where guys were really going wrong was, with early moves, you know, through the glove or the hand and they were losing leverage on the pitch or they were losing their ability to work from underneath now. So, so as soon as you lose that, you know, the, the thought of catching it or manipulating it or even just being strong and controlling the ball have, have probably gone out the window. So, and as this has progressed, um, you know, as, as we've kind of evolved the way we look at receiving um, and what moves are, are what we think to be the most optimal. Um, we really have an understanding of like this, this free flowing movement that we want to create, or we want our catchers to feel. Um, it's very important that they understand the role that the shoulder and the elbow um, kind of play in that. And it starts all the way with the pre-pitch move, right? right? So, um, you know, start there, understand what happens, um, mm -hmm just with the arm and with space, you know, what space right. do you want to work in? Um, that's another thing that can definitely affect you getting out of sync, if you will, or, or you know, breaking the right. kinetic chain kind of thing. And, uh, and so that's definitely one of the, the biggest things that we'll, we'll talk to our guys about, or we'll try to explain when, when going through, you know, trying to create these movement patterns and trying to create these feels for them is that kinetic chain and just how we keep everything 
uh, and leverage positions and, and free flowing movements. No, I think, I mean, I think that's huge and, and kind of going into that next step pre-pitch movement. And for people that are um, not uh, familiar with that term, what, what pre-pitch movement has become is quarter, a quarter turn on steroids um, in the sense of it's a movement that allows a catcher to get um, on time and allows us to get outside of the ball and you know, one thing I, what I've seen is from kids thinking about their shoulder to use their shoulder to get outside a ball or outside the ball and naturally allow themselves to work back to the zone. They actually understand what being outside the ball means. Whereas most kids who are thinking elbow to hand um, and they get caught in the middle, what I've seen is to get to this ball they do a check mark, right? They get, they get inside the ball and then try to pull, which is a very kind of rigid. And it's a, it's not like you said, free flowing. Whereas if I'm using my shoulder, I can get outside that ball and then, and then bring it because my natural path to the reception, right. Is already outside. And I'm, I'm naturally moving back to the zone. Whereas if I'm inside the ball, I'm pushing from the inside and then trying to redirect, I'm trying to catch and grab versus, yeah. you know, um, and I think to what, what I've seen is kids starting to understand, you know, one thing uh, a lot of guys would say, you know, and this is a, this is a term that's been around for a while, you know, the, the, the bus wheel, right. The bus wheel, yeah. you know, get on the bus wheel. Most kids had no idea what that was because they were like, Oh, how do I get to this ball? If it's here and I'm on the bus, how do I, I don't understand. Right. Like they didn't understand, like to get to this ball here, they had to get out here right early so that they could, they could work back. And it's not even moving the ball. Right. It's, it's, it's just, even if I'm going to receive this ball the right way, I still got to get my pocket to the outside of that ball. Even if I don't move it, even if I just get to here. Right. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no. So like kind of go into a little bit more depth, like what you talk about with your pre-pitch and, and then kind of, and I love, I love the movement pattern. Like, just like for kids to understand what that, like, that's what it is. Like it, it, there's a movement pattern to the ball and every, every pitch, every time it's different and understanding that there's different movement patterns to different pitches, I think really kind of unlocks kids brains back there. Oh, for sure. It's um, it, it's, the thing that I love about it the most, because that's that's how we talk about it all the time, is, is you know creating movement patterns and and uh, the thing that's great is when we do that, we we create an environment sometimes where that can be the focus, and instead of just catching the ball, and and I know that that's kind of hard for some people to understand, but. Um, the biggest thing I see in youth players is they prioritize stopping the ball over making the right move. Right. And in a game, like that's all you'd want, right? Like you want right. your catcher to control the ball. I get it. I'm like so on board with that. But if that's always going to be your priority 24 seven, even in your training environment, how are you ever going to change your movement patterns? Right. Right. So we actually do a ton of work with our guys, um, at least at the beginning, where when we're making these changes to, to how they're attacking the baseball or how they're loading to attack the baseball, um, 
usually securing the baseball or pocketing the baseball is the least of my concerns. Right. It's getting them to commit to something different than what they're already programmed to do. And, and I think that's the hardest thing. And the, and the one thing getting in the way of that change is catching the ball. Right. It's very similar to taking a kid who is super quick to bail on his swing and get on his front side just to make contact because he's, right. he's scared of striking out. Right. Right. Um, which is that's fine. I don't want guys striking out either. But, you know, we want to go in the box to do damage and we want guys right. to swing with authority and with intent. And sometimes the way that you get kids there is by telling them that it's okay if you swing and miss, you got two more. Swings, right. Don't be right? scared. Yeah. So, right. Right. You have three for a reason. Right. Exactly. So, you know, that's, that's what we really like about just the, the verbiage movement pattern and, and kind of how we talk about it. Um, now in terms of the, the pre-pitch move, I think the, Hey, real quick, Brandon, real quick. Um, yeah. Just for, for, uh, for people that are for watching and listening the, the other thing, um, the other analogies that I like to use too, from a defensive standpoint, uh, it's like an outfielder that never gets behind the baseball, always stops early and just catches the ball that comes down their head, right? They can catch yeah. the ball, right? But they never work behind it. So they can never work through the ball and, you know, make a good throw or an infielder that never is in a good position is always behind the ball or doesn't have it. It doesn't take that extra step to, to, work their feet back through the ball. Right. Um, you know, so it's kind of like, it's your, the analogy is like, yes, you can catch it. Yes. But if you can take that extra step and I really like using the outfield one, cause I feel like that's the one that almost everyone really understands as far as like, we don't want that ball coming right down in our head. We want to take, get two more steps behind it so that we're naturally working through the ball early. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just think like that, that should help like people kind of understand like the hitting is a hundred percent, right? Like sw you, you, sometimes you got to swing through a fastball, right? So you can do damage later. Like, right. Like that, that makes sense. And it's just like getting people in a training environment. And that's the other difference, right? Like, yes, when you're training, you're doing that, right? Like we do drills all the time with outfielders or infielders where they over-exaggerate getting outside the ball or they over-exaggerate getting behind the ball. Right. That's what you're training in these. And then when we go in the game, if a guy catches the ball on top of his head, we don't care. Like you caught the ball, whatever. We'll work on it in practice to make it better. Yeah. And there's a difference between practice and drill work and competition time. You know For what sure. I mean? So no, I, I just wanted great, to kind of add that in there. Um, yeah, those are great analogies. Um just the you know, the the common denominator of being able to move through the baseball. Right. You know, that's right, also right. been a huge, a huge key for a lot of our guys when it comes to blocking, yeah. um, which I know we're not talking about today, but moving through the block, meeting the ball there versus like abruptly trying to beat it and, and get into this, this uh, perfect blocking position before contact, like is extremely unrealistic, you know, right. so giving guys the freedom to be free flowing through their movements definitely is a, is a big key um, and a lot of facets, but I do like those analogies. Um, so moving into like the, the pre-pitch move, um, the, the two things that we've really, really focused on, um, especially in the last couple months with our guys has been treating the pre-pitch move more like a load. Okay. And setting ourselves up for efficient first moves to the baseball. Right. And that kind of connects to what you were talking about, especially on, on like the, the arms or the 
catcher's arm side pitch, right? Reaching across the body. Um, You know, so with the pre-pitch move, guys can, can feel loaded in in a number of different positions, but um, we definitely cue the shoulder, you know, when we're just like really trying to feel that out in early stages is some guys will find it through like kind of internally rotating. Um, You know, there's a, there's a drill that Craig driver gave us a while back where we're like screwing our hand in the ground. Right. And bringing our fingertips back towards us. Kind of that. Yeah. Yep. So even when you just drop your glove, like kind of feeling that internal rotation a little bit usually gets guys in a good position to like go attack the baseball, which we think is good. Um, Some guys just feel loaded by getting a little bit deeper, right? Like you've seen Tyler flowers. He, he loads real deep. Um, So usually that's, that's a move for older guys, but um, if they feel like they can get deep and, and really like come out to, to be aggressive to the ball, that's another way to do it. Um, as long as they're putting themselves in a position to make positive progress to the baseball with their first move. Right. So, you know, if guys are loading up and, and this is, this goes back to the kinetic chain though, but like guys, if they load and then they hover once the pitch is thrown and they come up and they get flat with their forearm or like parallel to the ground with their forearm, that's like the worst thing we can have. Right. So, well, it's just like a posture issue, right? Like most baseball yeah issues is 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 if if you're unable to maintain your posture you are going to put yourself at a disadvantage in any hitting fielding throwing maintain being able to maintain posture while moving what you what you're trying to move i feel like is that's the name of the game when it comes to baseball in general but yeah no i yeah yeah so that's i mean that's it We, we look for efficient first moves um you know, I, I, another thing that I think is interesting, and we haven't really talked about this with, with a lot of people, but I know when we were first teaching move the ball, you know, years back, it was wait, 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 as long as you can, as long as you can. And I like, I don't disagree with it necessarily, but what we saw was like, we we're really creating a lot of one dimensional moves, right? right? Where guys only have one way to go. They waited so long, they can only go up. And you know, it, it wasn't that long ago, actually, that I was. The pitch is coming at us in, in a lot of different ways. There's vertical break, there's horizontal break, there's a depth, you know, factor with it traveling 60 feet, six inches. Um, we have to have a, a move that can match those planes. And so we really got access to some video of, of some big leaguers from the side. And we started video on our guys from the side more. And what we saw was that guys who really got off consistently good moves and pocketed the ball. Well, um, a lot of those guys were going out there and getting the ball, right. you know, um, which we kind of already knew everybody makes an extension move. Everybody makes a flexion move, but um, like really working out there in space. And it was actually through some Wilson Contreras videos that we saw like, Hey, maybe he was a little bit early here, but he didn't lose leverage. He didn't break the kinetic chain. Like his first move was really efficient below the baseball and that put him in a position to still catch the ball out front at the highest point and, and get off a good enough move to get a strike call. So um, we actually started looking at it the other way. It was like, Hey, how early can we be? Right. But still maintain good leverage, good positioning. Um, And I think that really challenged more than ever our guys ability to like keep that kinetic chain intact. So 
Um, that's awesome. I mean, that, that, that's huge. And I think the other thing too, is like with the kinetic chain and, and understanding this, I think what I've seen is in like, kind of like you just said, like I've seen more guys be comfortable catching the ball out in front of their eyes. Um, and, and the biggest thing is what I'm always trying to do, especially with young catchers or catchers that are new, uh, that have been catching for a while is getting them to understand what catching the ball deep means right? Yeah. Catching the ball deep doesn't mean under our chin. It just means that we kind of set our target. We set that area, right? And that's our catching zone. That's where we want to be at. We're not, we're not trying to get out, out of the catching zone, right? We're trying to stay yeah. in that spot. So our eyes are always behind the ball. Um, and I think, again, when you're thinking about using the whole arm versus, you know, for the forearm to wrist, right? That was, that was for a long time, forearm to wrist, um, you know, boom. And, and, and the really good catchers. And the, if you, if you paid attention to a lot of coaches who are demonstrating, right. They were using the whole chain, right. Oh, it yeah. was just the focal point of the terminology and the words were from here to here. Right. And it was yeah. wrist and it was here, but when they were demonstrating, they were, they were using the whole thing. They were just focusing on it from this side. Whereas now, yeah we're getting kids to think about this and that this will follow versus yeah. thinking about this and then trying to, you know, breaking. And like, that's kind of the name of the, the topic tonight is, uh, or today is, you know, don't break the chain and getting yeah. kids to actually feel that um, is huge. And, and like I said, I love like when you're, when you're focusing on one thing and it cleans up other stuff, right? Like, you know, pot, like things, if, if we can maintain a good chain and we can maintain good rhythm and good timing is that um, we, we, we clean up our posture, we clean up our pocket or where our pocket uh, is. Right. And then we, we help ourselves being able to see the ball. Um, and, and all three of those are going to make it easier for us to catch the ball. Right. And at the end of the day, right. Like we said, like, I do like uh, the hat that uh, Goudreau has out right now, catch the damn ball. Right. Like, yeah. like, you know, like that, that is the goal, but in practice and in our drill work, we're trying to get everyone to feel this. And, and, and like I said, the free flow of it is what allows you to manipulate your body in an athletic competition, right. Athletically adjusting on the fly and being like, how'd you do that? Uh, I don't know. I just did it. All right, well, we can break that down later, but that was great, you know? And, yeah. and I think that's the thing that, which is exciting about catching and, and, and it's exciting right now is that you're starting to see that creativity that you've seen in other positions now get back behind the plate. And, and, and for me, like, that's fun, right? Like conversations with you and conversations with guys in this catching community are, are so much fun because we're, we're trying to be like, all right, does that work or no, nah, it was work or nah, I don't know. That might work. You know, like to yeah. me that that's allowing kids that maybe had to stop catching earlier because maybe they couldn't athletically do what people were asking them, asking of them um, now have different avenues and different ways to uh, attack the same problem. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what, I'm thinking, you know, right now. Yeah, there we go. Sorry, I think we lost you for a second there. Oh, sorry, you skipped out. Um, yeah. 
it's all good. Um, yeah, I think I think these were MT's words. He, you know, he said something uh, on one of our Zooms one night along the lines of like multiple solutions for multiple problems, and that's really what we're trying to do. And right. when it comes to, you know, pushing the envelope or um, just kind of trying to always figure out a better way, there's a ton of failure that comes along with that. We fail every day in our facility. Um, our catchers fail every day. It's right. something. Um, if they don't, you know, I don't really feel like I did my job, um, unless we're, we're getting them ready for a game in an hour, you know, we're probably not going right. to spend a whole lot of time failing them there, but, um, you know, there's a lot of failure that comes along with it. Uh, but at the same time, there is so much excitement and there's so much ownership of what these kids are doing, um, because of the way that we train, right? Like you get guys coming in all the time. Hey man, I saw you know, a video of, of one of the college guys. I want to try that. I right. saw how he caught that ball at the bottom of the zone. I want to try that, you know? And in the back of my head, I may be saying like, oh, you're nowhere near ready right. for, for something that complex or whatever. You know, we always give them the chance to do it. And, and sometimes they surprise us, but nonetheless, like there is that excitement, you know, there's not a lot of, I don't think there is, but I don't think, you know, there's not a lot of guys out there who have, 13, 14 year old kids that get excited for blocking. Right. You know, but yeah. some of our kids get excited for blocking when they say, Oh man, I saw, you know, so-and-so doing it last week in your cage. Like I want to try it from one knee today. Right. I want to, I want to try it from two feet, but I want to do it this way, you know? So when you're constantly bringing, I think the fresh ideas or, or just create that environment, like guys get excited to train and that's, that's where progress happens. It doesn't happen when they're, they're going through the same boring, you know, um, stuff that, that may not even work for them. Right. No, I think that's huge. And so the last thing I kind of want to talk about is um, when it comes to, uh, you know, don't break the chain. And, and this is a question that I know I get asked all the time uh, with the pre-pitch movement, right, where we have our glove and let's say we're working the bottom of the zone, right? So our pre-pitch movement is going to take us to the bottom of the zone. It's going to take us below the bottom of the zone right? We've got a lot of people, the number one thing that they ask are, well, how are you giving a target, you know, to uh, the pitcher? And I know like when I'm doing drill work, when we first start, I get a lot of our guys to get it on the ground, right? And then my goal is by the time we're at pens, which is right around now, is making that movement more subtle, right? Where they're, and again, like you said, like some guys have to load big, some guys have to load small. It's, it's everyone has their own individual rhythm and getting them to kind of be able to show a target, right? Because I, I, the hardest part about catching is as much as you want to do it for you, that guy on the bump has to feel comfortable, right? And, yes. and, and, and I always start with, well, ask your pitcher what he's looking at. If he's, if he's looking at your glove, then you may have to be a little bit smaller, right? But you may have to start lower than you know, then you would, you would normally, right. And then you can go or whatever, or maybe the catcher goes, well, I'm, I'm throwing out your chest protector. So I don't really care what you do with your glove. Right. Like right? Yeah. that, I feel like that conversation really helps, but you know, what, what do you teach your guys as far as like, Hey, okay. This coach, my, my pitching coach, cause right. Like we work with guys that play for other people and, and I'm not a believer of, just being like, Hey, do what I tell you to do. Don't listen to your coach because it really makes it hard for you to become a leader. If your coach isn't, you know, behind you on that. 
Um, so like, what do you talk to your guys about as far as like, Hey, coach wants me to show a target with my glove. Right. But I got to get to the bottom of the zone. So what, what kind of stuff do you talk about with them? Um, I mean, first and foremost, like it, it all kind of falls under the umbrella of creating versatile receivers, you know, right. guys who are adjustable, adaptable, um, you know, we can catch the baseball multiple ways, present the baseball multiple ways and understand the, the pros and cons or, or the situations that would call for each. Um, but when it comes to that, that relationship with the pitcher and what they're looking for, uh, like you said, the first thing we ask them is like, Hey man, have the conversation. Right. Right. You know, and a lot of times there might be some initial pushback, like, Oh man, I, you know, pitchers, I got to throw to that glove. Um, but if you push them on it a little bit, you know, at least get them, Hey, next bullpen, let's try doing it without it. Try focus right. on my chest protector. Let's see if anything changes. If it doesn't, we can go right back to, you know, what we're already doing or, or, you know, I can show the target the whole time or whatever. Um, but you know, put them in a, in a position where they feel like it's, it's a two man effort. Correct. We're going to figure out the best way to do this. Right. I got your back. Um, but also understand that what I'm trying to do is to help you out. Right. Right. It's not just cause I, I want to do this for, for fun. Like it's going to make us better. So, right. you know, sometimes it, don't be afraid to ask them to meet me in the middle somewhere. Um, right. I, I think that's important, but if all else fails and you got to show that target a little bit longer, then we're going to have to figure out a way to, to make sure you can receive like that. And, right. you know, I think that, that actually for a lot of our high school guys, um, we found that that's a pretty standard scenario. You know, there's a lot of guys who seven guys on the pitching staff and six of them are cool with what we're doing. One of them just like, ain't having it. Right. All right. Well, we're going to catch that one guy a little bit different and that's Correct. okay. You right. know, so um, that's, that's kind of how we handle it. You know, it's, um, the guys at the college level and the pro level, uh, they don't seem to have as much of an issue with it because, you know, there's more of a presence of, of data and, right. you know, maybe newer techniques and, and technology helping you decide what you want to do, but well, and focal um, points, right. And margin of error that yeah, on the pitcher yeah. side, right. Like, it makes it easier for them because they're throwing to, you know, different focal points. Not a lot of those guys are focusing on, on the glove. Cause even, even as old school as you are, if you're just doing a simple quarter turn, you're still moving the target, right. At some oh, yeah. point when the pitcher's throwing. So there's always been movement. It's just now the, the amount of movement versus the benefit of the catcher being in a better position to match the angle or match the tunnel of that pitch. For sure. And, you know, this isn't like the, this wouldn't be my first suggestion, but we've also had those kids who, you know, the pitcher complains about it and the bullpen says, don't do that. And then, you know, they get out into a game and um, I don't think we've had anybody like directly like, like do it on purpose where they just, they keep doing the pre-pitch move anyways. I right. think they get out into a game situation and maybe forget um, but then the pitcher doesn't notice, right. You know, like he was complaining about it in the pens, but don't, don't pre-pitch move, don't load. And then they got in the game and he did it anyways, cause he forgot and there was no issue. So, um, you know, it's just something to, to make sure that you're, you're communicating well with your pitcher. Um, I, I think making it 
that two-man team is important, not only for your pitcher-catcher relationship, but for your player and catching coach relationship. Like, hey, man, you know, Brandon teaches me this. I want to get on the same page with you. What are you thinking? Uh, you know, we promote all of that. So, well, even uh, you, you as a catcher and the and the pitching coach relationship, for right? sure. And and sometimes I feel like, you know, um, you know, I'm fortunate. The you know my my brother's the pitching coach at Dayton, and one of my really you know close friends, uh, Sean Camp, is over at Mason, and he's the pitching coach. Like, they're trying so hard from sixty feet, six inches away from you to have success right they just want i feel like a lot of times they just want you guys they just want us as catchers to help them and match that and that's where that conversation like you said it becomes a two-way street it becomes hey the goal is to get outs and yeah. i'm trying to help you be efficient i'm how I, this is how i'm trying to do it i'm not saying i'm right i'm saying this is what i want to try and let's work on it together and it may be stuff where you know, kind of getting off the pre-pitch, but on setups and stuff like that, like have conversations. And that's one thing, like we chart our pens um, and I have a catching chart that I have for our guys. Um, you know, I, 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 I really endorse the always grind notebooks. I think those are awesome. And then on top of that, I have like small sheet where it's really dives into the catcher and it's like each pitch broken down the pen. But then what I always do is to force that communication there's there's a spot for the pitcher where he has to grade my receiving on that pitch. And that's a perfect time for a pitcher or for a catcher to, to be like, you know, and I make the catcher also grade himself. So like, let's say, you know, one is the best. I put myself down as a one and my pitcher puts me down as a three. And then he goes, I go, well, what, what didn't you like? Well, I said like, cause I felt like you were dropping the glove and, you know, it was too fast or I felt like you were moving and like, you didn't, you know, I didn't feel calm or what. Okay. So what can I do to make that better? Right. And, or I could be like, Hey man, the reason why I'm doing this is because your slider is nasty and I cannot get outside it unless I do this. So I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I, I, I just, I need to do that or I'm always going to be pulling, pushing it out of the zone for right now until I get better. And then, Again, like you said, it's it's two people working together for that common goal. And it's not like I'm doing this because of me, right? Yeah. You know, like we're doing this together, right? And 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 I feel like that's the biggest thing is the pre-pitch movement is it allows us to get you those calls. And um, you know, Ray Ricker always says, raise the right hand. And I, and I love that. Like that's our goal, right? We're trying to raise that right hand of the umpire. And, and I think like that to me is one of those things that is so important from the communication, the leadership standpoint, but also to understand the why. And I, I know that's one of the reasons why you and I, you know, started talking was you, you weren't telling me like to do something or to, you know, this is why you, you know, this is what you do. You weren't telling me the what you're always like, you were always explaining the why. And I feel like when you're explaining the why, then that gets into the how, and now you have a, you have a chance to really make something your own and, and push yourself conceptual, you know, conceptually. Right. And, and as well as, you know, your physical, you know, your physical, physical movements and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's definitely that team effort. And, 
and just that thought process in, in general is kind of what's led us to a lot of the things that we've found that have worked for our guys, you know, like there's definitely been times where we've been so like, well, I say we, me, I've been so caught up in, man, like, am I, am I really giving my guys the best information here? Is this the best way to do it? You know, cause you see this and you hear this and this guy does this. And um, we've definitely had some players who are a little bit lost and, and I've been lost myself. And um, sometimes it's just going back to, you know, uh, stripping it down to the core and saying like, okay, man, this is the pitch we're struggling with. Like what end result do we want? Right. right? And okay. We want this end result. How are we going to get there? And where do we have to start? Right. And then we'll look at how the player's moving already. And we can compare contrast on what this, you know, theoretically optimal type of move is or, or whatever position and say, okay, man, you're really close. Now we can see that like, okay, let's just try this, you know, or, Hey man, we're not really close, but you're still like catching it pretty well. Maybe, you know, maybe you're just different. Right. Um, but being able to really strip it down in the core and find the, the, the characteristics of like the catch that you're looking for um, at, at this part of the zone. Okay. So we have to make this type of movement to get to that position, to catch it like that. And if we need to make this type of movement, we can start in this type of pre-pitch. Right. And right. just kind of work it backwards. I've, I've always believed in working it backwards, but um, you're spot on, man. And it's just, you know, pushing the envelope and, and, trying to figure out a better way to do things and, and knowing the why and the how behind it is, is of the most importance. No, nah, man, I, like I said, and, and, and I think, you know, there's a lot of people, especially like, like I said, um, with COVID, a lot of the high school seasons and stuff are getting pushed back. I know D one is actually starting today. Um, so hopefully that'll, that'll be, yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's go. Um, you know, so, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of high school kids, a lot of travel kids are starting their bullpens now. And, and that's why, like I said, I, you know, I, you're a guy I really respect a lot. And, and, and the way you talk about the movement patterns and stuff, I thought was huge to get kids to listen to. Uh, and, and that's why I, I do this, right. I do this because I feel selfish a lot because I have these great conversations, you know, with guys like you and, and I'm like, trying to always regurgitate these things. You know what I'm talking to kids? Like I was talking to, you know, instead of just like, you know what, let's get some of these conversations out there so kids can listen, kids can enjoy them. Uh, and even if you pick up one thing, that's one thing that's, you know, that's worth it. Um, but, you know, Brandon, I wanted to make sure um, everybody here is able to uh, find you, find your social media, find your website. Um, if you don't mind, go ahead and share that information real quick with us. Yeah, it's uh, so the Instagram is at Catching Coalition. And then uh, the Twitter is also at Catching Coalition. The word catching has no vowels in it. So I think it's C-T-C-H-N-G Coalition uh, on Twitter. And then our website, it's www.catchingcoalition.com. And um, yeah, that's it, man. I'm, my, my line's always open. Uh, my response time is not great, but my line's always open. <laughs> now, remember, uh, East pretty... Coast people, he's on West Coast time right now. So we got him up <laughs> early today, right? So yeah. my, my, my man is a grinder. My man is a grinder. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I always love to talk catching. I love to, uh, you know, hear people's thoughts and ideas and, and uh, you know, 
like we said earlier, find a better way to do things. Um, that's always the goal. So if I can leave with one thing, I'll leave with this, uh, for the catchers listening out there. Um, you know, obviously the position is evolving. Um, there's a lot of people who try to tell you what you can't do, especially based off of age. And one of the most humbling things that I've experienced in, in the coaching realm is uh, I've been blown away at, at what certain players can do. Um, definitely exceeded my expectations because I too had already put them in a bubble based off of their age or what I thought their skill level was. So um, don't be scared to try some of this stuff. Um, I mean, that's the bottom line. You, you can't be scared to try. Uh, if you fail at it, you, you know where you stand, but um, don't be scared to, to move the ball. Don't be scared to try new techniques. Um, the only person who can tell you how much movement's too much movement is the umpire. And uh, train yourself to be as versatile and, and adaptable as, as possible. I, I think that's huge. You know, so um, whether you're a nine-year-old listening or a 19-year-old, like it all still applies. Not. That's awesome, man. That's an awesome way to kind of sum this up and recap it. And um, we'll make sure also on anything that we post this to, we'll, we'll put your, uh, your social media uh, uh, handles on there as well as your website. But Brandon, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on, spending the time with us and uh, dude, seriously, man, this is, this was awesome. Cool. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it. And uh, I'm sure we will chat again soon. Sounds good. This has been the Catches You podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you on the field soon.